I scream, you scream, we all scream for quality science fiction and fantasy content. For an extra scoop of sword and lasery goodness, go to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Tom Merritt. And I'm Rob Dunwood. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it is so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. Rob is back for our Murderbot wrap-up episode uh, today, but let's start off with what are we drinking? Uh, Rob, uh, what's something you've been uh, imbibing lately? So I just grabbed something right out of the fridge. It is Benner Tea Company Diet Mango Tea. And it's actually pretty good because it doesn't taste diety, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is uh, whenever you can get a diet drink that doesn't taste like diet, that's a good thing. Yeah, the diet drinks have really improved on not having that aftertaste. Um, I'm having a plain old boring diet 7-Up, but it just tastes like regular 7-Up to me. I have not had it yet. I'll have to try it. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't really drink sugary drinks anymore. So Yeah, I try not to drink anything with a bunch of sugar in it. Uh, I, Eileen, my wife bought, bought this milk tea, canned milk tea that looks really good, but it's 120 calories for like a half can. It's not even a full 12 oh, ounces. Wow. Yeah. No. It's a lot of sugar. Um, but yeah, sorry. My drink is boring, but you know, just a good seven up sometimes on a hot day. Can't beat it. Good stuff. Let's move into the quick burns. Richard wanted to note that fugitive telemetry, uh, which is book six in the Murderbot series, although. I saw some scuttlebutt in the Discord uh, indicating that the plot happens before the events of book five, but Fugitive Telemetry has made Martha Wells a New York Times bestselling author again, debuting at number 14 in the hardcore cover fiction bestseller list and number four in the combined list that puts ebooks and print together. People love her and love her books. Yeah. And she's not like new on the scene, but I think a lot of people are discovering her through the Murderbot series. And then finding out that she has all these fantasy books that she wrote and, you know, she's been writing for decades now. So. Yeah, I think, I think she's almost got 30 years in the game. I think her first yeah, book yeah. was like in 93 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But congratulations, Martha Wells. Well, Wells deserved. She's never heard that one before, I'm sure. Uh, Mark pointed out that the Canadian Science Fiction and Fantasy Association has announced the 2021 Aurora Awards nominees anyway not the not the winners yet for works done in 2020 by canadians to be voted on by csffa members and handed out on october 16th 2021 at CanCon. uh nominees for best novel are beneath the rising by premi mohammed a connecticut gumshoe in king arthur's court by randy mccharles Mexican Gothic by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia, The Oppenheimer Alternative by Robert J. Sawyer, and A Stitch in Time by Kelly Armstrong. And Mark points out that like the Nebulas uh, here in the U.S., many other awards are given out. So if you want the complete list, we'll have the, the link in the show notes. I have come to learn after listening to this show and now being on it, I think, four times. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of book awards. There are, yes. <laughs> there's a lot. It's like every week there's new awards. Well, because there's there's the Hugos, and we're just talking about science fiction and fantasy on this right. show. There's the Hugos, which are the definitive ones. They're the they're the big ones. And then you have the Nebulas, which are given out by the Writers Association. Uh, and then you have the regional ones, like the UK has one and Canada. Then you get the genre specific ones. 
uh, the, that are like, uh, the Philip K. Dick awards, uh, you know, the, not genre specific in sci-fi, but like narrowing it down. In fact, uh, I got another one for you. The long list for the African speculative fiction society's 2021 NAMO awards has been announced. Uh, Alex who submitted this said he'd only heard of four of the authors before. So if you're looking for new authors that you haven't been, uh, exposed to, you might want to check it out. This works a lot more like a Booker prize where they do a long list of nominees rather than the short list like you get with the Hugo Awards. So it's kind of like being on the list is almost the award. Not that you won, but you're yeah, on the list. Right, yeah. right. It's it's there's a long list, then there's a short list, then you win the award, and each one is its is its own honor of a sort. Um but yeah, I think I think you have to be uh you know what I don't I don't want to say what the the uh nominees criteria are but it's it's trying to author it's trying to honor authors in africa uh so some of these may not be in english uh it depends on on where they're where they're hailing from some may be in french some may be in other languages uh but it's certainly a, a good good looking list most of the titles feel feel like they're in english but i don't know if that's in translation or not uh like i said there's a lot of awards out there Mark pointed out Punctuation in Novels by Adam J. Calhoun on Medium, a look at some of the author's favorite books without words, including Frankenstein, the 1818 text, and Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, uh, with colorful punctuation heat maps for which types of punctuation were used the most. If you're having a hard time picturing this, basically take out all the letters, leave the punctuation in, and that's, that's what these look like. Okay, so that's what I saw, and I'm like, yeah. okay, what am I looking at here? But yeah, that, that, that's interesting. A book with no words is just punctuation, and it's. I think what it's trying to show is there's a lot more punctuation than you might think because punctuation just kind of disappears, right? You don't really pay attention to it. You're paying attention right. to the letters and the words. Absolutely, and uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just even in the the paragraph you just read. There's quite a bit of punctuation even in there. Yeah, right. So, I mean, it's it's not like it's just a few characters. It is a significant percentage of the things that are typed. And the heat maps are interesting because, I mean, as you might expect, commas are always the most common, uh, except not in Blood Meridian. For some reason, the book Blood Meridian periods are more common than commas. Uh, so, you know, there's little things like that. If you're if you're way into it, uh, check it out. Find out why are quotation marks so popular in Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Rader pointed out that the final book in the Expanse series by James S. A. Corey has been submitted to the publisher. It's coming out later this year, so you, there's still a wait before you get to read it. But book nine is in the hands of the publisher, and then lots of things happen, and then at some point they release the book. Uh, but it's sad because this is the last book in the series. So I'm not familiar with the the book series. Um, just to make sure, this is this the same series yes. that the the TV show is based off. It of? It is. It is. This okay. is this is the the series that the the and James S. A. Corey is made up of two authors. That's their their kind of their band name for the two authors, and they are both executive producers on the TV show, so they're intimately connected with it. So I was all into the Expanse in the first couple of seasons. And it was really good. I, I can't give you a reason as to why I fell out of it. 
But now that it's back and streaming again, I've I've kind of gotten back into it. So I can only imagine that the books are awesome because the TV show is, you know, TV shows are rarely as good as the book. I got to know the characters through the books. And I, I know I've told this story before, so apologies to longtime listeners. But I had in my head, as you always do, my imagination of what the characters look and acted like. And then the series came along. And they were so good at portraying these characters and and the series itself was so good at retelling the story in a slightly different way, but still capturing all the major points that certain of the TV characters replaced my book versions, but others didn't. So it was it was weird how like Naomi Nagata is almost the same uh, Mm -hmm. from what I uh, assumed from the book, but Holden is entirely different and Amos was pretty different. But the Amos from the TV show replaced my Amos book character, but my book Holden has remained the same. And I think Naomi has shifted a little more towards the TV version. So this is interesting because, like I said, usually the book is way more interesting than the you know television show mm-hmm. that comes after it. And uh, for everything that I've heard is that you know, this is not the case with this. It's like you know the TV show actually holds up. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I think it does. Uh, Ruth pointed out that tour.com, uh, just released a free sampler of their 2021 debut novels. So, uh, you can head on over to tour.com or even on Amazon. Uh, if you want to put it on a Kindle, it's zero pounds, zero francs, zero lira, zero doesn't cost you nothing. Uh, go check it out and you get a, you get a bunch of excerpts, uh, which might help you find some new authors that way. Time for Bear Your Sword, our feedback from the audience. And Lisa had a reaction to your What Are We Drinking from last week, Rob. Uh, Lisa said, I also really like Curious Elixir drinks. Number four, like an Aperol spritz, is my favorite. Yeah, those those things are on point. Like I said, they're, they're tasty. It got I kicked to them. don't know what an Aperol spritz is. I'm not the one to ask on that. <laughs> I, I I know the words individually, but <laughs> have you had that one? I don't think I have. Okay. Um, I, th- I'm guessing some kind of apricot something, right? Okay. We'll go with that. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, Puzzle bound pointed out uh, something I'm just discovering is the combination of graphic novels from Libby and the Kindle app on a tablet. So Libby is uh, one of the apps that you can use with your local library. Uh, reading Saga, the graphic novel Saga, on my nice Galaxy Tab screen, I appreciate the incredible artwork even more. And the Kindle app does a surprisingly good job navigating and zooming between cells and pages. I haven't delved much into graphic novels before, but it might be time to change that. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I used to read a lot of comics and graphic novels on, on my tablet myself. Okay, so yeah, just you know, just to... Another way to, you know, pick up the content um, that you're getting from the library. But I've I've never thought about that. I thought that, you know, a lot of people would actually want to physically hold, you know, the book or the comic to kind of go through it that way. What I found with the iPad was uh, I was able to get a rich, colorful look at the art uh, and not worry about, like, getting my fingerprints on it and smudging it and, and all of that. Not that I'm like a precious comic collector that keeps everything in plastic bags, but you know, you just don't want to, you don't want to smudge it. It's dirty. Uh, so I like that. And you could zoom in, you could pinch to zoom, uh, in on stuff, which was, which was cool. I was, I was doing screen captures when I first started reading comics on the iPad all the time. 
And then I would find certain things where I'm like, okay, that's really cool. I kind of want to have that in paper. And so it would lead me to want to buy the thing for the art where I'm like, okay, now I want to actually look at it and see it the way it was meant to be seen on the page. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Shamanad said, listening to Rob Dunwood on the latest podcast, be happy about discovering sci-fi he likes is making me quite happy too. I'm super excited for Veronica to be back, but I've loved the guest hosts so much. Back to Rob Dunwood. I don't often get to hear the perspective of someone just discovering a genre they hadn't tried much before. Seeing books through new eyes is so engaging. Look at that. Hey, I'm glad that uh, people are liking, um, you know, what I had to say because, uh, like I said, I, I'm I'm definitely not the the avid reader at this point. But um, um, and we're going to be talking about you know network effect here in a second. I'm definitely interested in you know in these novellas that came before, and there's another book out. Um, yep. I'm probably going to check this out. So it's uh, something I, I really hadn't done um, science fiction before, and uh, it's 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 a whole new universe to me, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm with Shamana. That makes me happy too. Cause that, that's kind of been the whole idea that Veronica and I had doing this was like encouraging other people to find cool new stuff to read, expand your horizons, which is exactly what you're talking about there. I do hope that someday down the road, you're talking to somebody and they're like, Oh man, you, you read a lot of sci-fi. How'd you get into it? And you just answer murder bot. <laughs> interesting, uh, <laughs> interesting, you know, uh, set of, uh, books here. And I, as I said, I'm definitely going back and reading the novellas because, uh, th- this one has grabbed me. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. All right. Uh, we're going to get to our book of the month discussion now. Uh, but, uh, programming note next week, I've confirmed it on, uh, in, in voice and text, Veronica Belmont's coming back. She'll be picking our June book, uh, and we will announce it later this week on Patreon and in Goodreads. Uh, so be on the lookout. Uh, Patreon Patrons will get it in the book briefing. And then once it's on the book briefing, Rob will pull it down and put it on Goodreads for everybody and in the Discord. Uh, so so be on the lookout for what Veronica is going to pick for us to read in June. Let's talk about Network Effect, a murderbot novel by Martha Wells. Seems to have been a hit uh, over on Twitter. At Violin Knitter said... So I should be doing many productive things today. What I am doing is devouring Martha Wells network effect for the sword and laser book club. Uh, I think that's, that's been universal, which is unusual, Rob. We, we almost always have a split decision. Sometimes it might be a little more people loving a book, sometimes a few less, but there's always a, a group that are like, this isn't for me. And that makes sense. Cause we're reading so many different kinds of books. This one does feel like it has a few objectors, but more people love this than don't. I am absolutely happy. This is the book you picked um, for, you know, for my time on, on the show, because uh, normally for me, um, I would have actually read the required reading, but I would have got done reading it about 20 minutes before we started. (laughs) Um, This was one where when I started it a couple of weeks ago, I literally powered through it. So, um, you know, I was done with this. Um, I think last Saturday. Um, oh, wow. So, you know, I've been done with the book for a while. So I actually went back and, and reread some parts um, of it because one of the things that, that, that I will say about this, um, you know, we are talking about a robot. Um, it is a, I guess, an you know, what would you call it? Cyborg. It's got human parts. Yeah. And, you know, cyborg and, seems right. Um, so it's, you know, technically, I guess it's a cyborg, but it thinks absolutely like a computer. 
So there is a lot of detail. And what I have come to uh, you know appreciate about um, SecBot or MurderBot, as it, it is affectionately called itself, <laughs> um, uh, it is very detailed. So you can't be sleepy while you're reading. There, there's a couple of times I had to go back. OK, what, what did he just or well, I don't even know if it's a he or she, but what mm-hmm. did they just say? Um, and, you know, had to go back and, uh, you know, you know, re, re listen to, you know, a couple pieces of this because there is so much detail, um, you know, in the conversation. And it's, it's interesting that I'm just surprised that this murder bot hasn't just killed everyone that it ever comes into contact with. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it seems like it kind of wants to, but it's like, what, why have you, why have you just pulled the trigger yet? But, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting read. It's, uh, it, for me, it feels like this character, the sec unit character with the secret name of Murderbot, uh, is the a consummate outsider, right? It's it. We've had the outsider character in literature is always someone who's you know goes against the grain, not accepted by society, thinks differently, uh, and often is very angry because of that. And Murderbot's mm-hmm. all of those, right? Murderbot is 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 an outsider in society. Uh, everyone has, uh, the wrong idea about what sec unit's going to do, uh, and what its motivations are. Uh, they often will not even call it a, they, or a, he, or a, she, they'll call it an it, uh, and treat it like a machine. But we know because we're inside Murderbot's head that there is definitely an entity in there that, that thinks, and maybe they wouldn't admit it, but also I think feels, uh, and, I just I love that presentation because I think so many of us can find a piece of Murderbot, if, if not many pieces, that we identify with. It's really interesting because Murderbot cusses like a sailor. Uh-huh. Um, and if you think about it, it's a sentient being, but it was property at one point. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you could even go as far as, you know, it was, you know, it was it was do work for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so like I said, slave it might be a strong word, but it, you know, you could you, know, you kind of put it into that category until it freed itself. Um, and I'm just, it's just amazing to me that with, cause you know, there's like, you know, it, it's got an attitude. It's, uh, it's fairly antisocial, doesn't like to be touched, doesn't particularly like people, but it continues to surround itself with people mm-hmm. that it doesn't just kill because it can't. Um, which is, which is really interesting. It's like, okay, these things that were done to you before you freed yourself, you would think you would want nothing to do with the human race again, but you continually surround yourself with humans that you hate. Um, not, hate's not a, probably not the right word that you, that you have a bit of disdain for. You, you just oh, don't certainly. like yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, you know, that was really interesting to me, but on the same token, it's like, you know, it's actually built genuine friendships with a few of them and even with other AIs. Yeah, I think I think that's one of the fun things too is that as much as it wants to deny that it has feelings or that it makes friends, it definitely does, right? There's definitely humans that it prefers over other humans and humans that it feels very protective of as as we find out uh, in multiple situations. And art, which is a pet name really for uh the perihelion, uh is is its I, it's more than a friend. I, I don't know. I, because it's beyond human relationships, I don't think we have a word for it, but it is the closest relationship that SecUnit has, that Murderbot has. Uh, and it, that part is just fascinating because it never uses the word love. 
right? Never uses it. But it is definitely have so many of the aspects of a kind of love, parental friendship, you know, et cetera, uh, a mix of that. But it cares about art, right? I have to ask the question, is Murderbot Arts Murder Boo? I mean, that's I, I kind of think there, that there is a relationship there. Um, you, and you know what it reminded me of? I'm, I'm looking at some of the dialogue between Art and Murderbot. And it reminded me of Frank and Marie Barone off of uh, um, Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh-huh. They're just uh-huh. arguing back and forth yeah. with each other. Um, and it's like it's like a sarcastic arguing, but you can tell that they actually really do care about each other, which is which is just is different because they're artificial intelligence. Well, and it's it's that kind of arguing uh, where you know they must love each other, or they would never say those kinds of things to each other, right? Exactly. Yeah, they'd never be able to get away with it, and and that's that's definitely the relationship of Murderbot and Art, aka Sec Unit and Perihelion. So, um, I did not read any of the novellas before I read Network Effect, and I'm definitely going back and going to going to check those out. But uh, one of the things that I have discovered that maybe have, have you know having read those before, you would have come to understand um, a little earlier on just how violent a universe <laughs> this mm-hmm. takes place in. Um, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's it's kind of interesting because you, you you think of it, it's like you know we're not talking about a planet, you're talking about planets that they're getting through wormholes. So you're really talking about the galaxy or maybe even the universe at you know um, at a, you know at, at a larger uh, you know from a larger standpoint and. You know, what's interesting is that, uh, you know, you as, as you're going through all of this, you know, all of this space, it's just like everything is controlled by corporations for the most part. It's not countries or, or you know, a league of planets. It's like companies. And there's mm-hmm. contracts. And it's like, it's like, you know, nobody really is set aside by this murder bots going through doing his job, just killing, you know, killing things. You know, some people are kind of upset by that. But it's like, no, that that's what you're here for is to keep us safe by taking everybody out with extreme prejudice. And yeah. Murderbot does that quite effectively. And other sec units are disposable, uh, very clearly. Uh so, you know, the the reactions to sec unit as like, ooh, you seem kind of dangerous. Uh, but do I, I I don't need to care about you. You know, you see you see that happen to other sec units. Uh, you see it even happen to humans where they just leave behind colonists because they're like, oh, this is this is too tricky. We'll come back later and we can figure this out. Good luck. <laughs> we'll be back you know? in 40 years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hope you get, don't get too infected by the aliens uh, while we're gone. Uh, that that whole thing just being a subplot like that would be the main plot of a lot of other books, the whole alien artifact and how they got infected. And that that's just backstory for this. I, I think that's incredible. Right. And the, and the way they, and we, we can talk about all kinds of plots on, you know, on today's episode, right? So the, the, the way yeah, yeah. That we're, they're well, doing we're all it, into the spoilers now, the yeah. way that they, uh, you know, that the alien artifacts were doing the infection, okay, infect the humans. And then when they get scanned, um, in the, you know, in the, in the med unit, that's how the artificial things get infected, right? right. which is, you know, you, you don't, you don't learn this all the way up until maybe, you know, chapter 17 or so, um, way you know, towards the end, the, yeah. his, his way at the end of the book. It's like, Oh, that makes sense. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things to where like, I never caught on to that, that, that what was happening. It's like, uh, and I was like, Oh wow. I actually, that was one of the uh, sections where I went back and I re-listened to that just to make sure I was hearing it correctly. So, uh, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's an interesting universe that this, uh, this saga takes, uh, you know, takes place in. 
And I'm just still, I'm just tickled fancy by a sentient robot that's favorite thing to do is to watch soap operas. <laughs> I know. I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> Where he b- and binges them, right? It's not even, it's not even just watch. It's like, I just, my, my, his ideal, uh, SecUnit's ideal situation would just be to sit down and binge a bunch of soap operas. And binging for this AI is going to be way different than it would be for you and I. You oh, know, right. you know, when you, if we watch nine hours of content, it takes us nine hours to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, these AIs could you know could consume enormous amounts of content extremely fast. In fact, while they're doing their duties, they're actually watching television at the same time, or or whatever the or whatever television is in this universe is. And watching together, which I, I don't even know how that takes place uh, in in the networked world in which they're in. But yeah, I, I love that. I want to watch some of those shows. I want to find out more about Sanctuary Moon. It sounds really interesting. It's like, it's like, you know, you've gone back to how many times that we talk about that through the course of uh, these 20 chapters. Every, every one of those titles, I could just, I could picture it. Like they, she picked such good titles uh, for those soap operas. Mm -hmm. This is amazing. Uh, Yeah. There's so many layers. There's so many layers to, to this world. Cause, cause the, the humans being the, vector for infection reminds me of you know most security policies where they're like yeah we can put up a firewall and we can run antivirus but honestly humans are the weakest link right that's how people are going to get into your into your network and it was like oh yeah no there's there's that that's the same uh here so it's 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 following a lot of what i know from tech uh you know policies but just you know applying them in really interesting ways i know when i when I came to that realization, when it, when that part of the story was revealed that it was the humans that were actually infecting the AIs, I was like, I should have known. But it, you know, it, it, there was there was nothing that pre-told, at least not for me. Um, I, I did not see that one coming. Um, you know, I, I thought it was, I, I just thought that was not going to be, you know, how it came about. But I, it was just, like I said, it was it was interesting the way that that ended up happening. That was one of those sections that I had to go back and do it again. Like, wait, how did that work? Hold on. Let me, let me get that again. Uh, so, so that person got infected and then they got into the bow. Okay. 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 I'm following it now. Yeah. Uh, that was good. I, I just feel like she did such an amazing job of creating characters in particularly, I guess with, with murder bot and art, uh, that you, you can't reject easily for the for the perspective that they're bringing because if you read a book and it's like okay here's a perspective of someone from Indonesia you might be like oh okay i guess that's interesting to find out how somebody from Indonesia thinks but you know also i don't i'm not familiar with Indonesia uh so i'm going to discount it or i'm not or i'm going to think that's unusual with murder about an art it's like yeah, you've never met an actual murder bot before <laughs> or a sentient ship. So suddenly it's you're taken out of all of that kind of evaluation and like you and and you can find something in there that you identify with. Uh some people more than others I think, but I think all of us can find something we we identify with in murder bot. And so when you're talking about representation characters it's it's important to have representation of actual humans and there's a lot of lot more stories doing that now but i think it's amazing to me that murderbot is like this kaleidoscope of representation where you can see personality types and relationship types 
without having to have the labels that might put some other people off. That's a, that's a very, very good point. And, uh, and the relationships are strong. Um, you know, now I will say that, uh, you know, art is a bit morally ambiguous on some of the things that it did. It's like, okay, I want to put your crew in jeopardy so that you can potentially save me and my crew. Mm-hmm. And it's like, eh, well, you know, is, is that the data from Star Trek would never do that? Let's just right, let's say it right. like that. You know, he, you know, that, that's not something that, that uh, data would do. But uh, but, you know, art genuinely cares for Murderbot. Um, it was going to go scorched. I can't say Earth. It was going to go scorched planet to get Murderbot <laughs> yeah. back. And Murderbot got all teared up like, oh, you'd scorch a planet for me. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, like I said, I, I, you know, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, this book and it has absolutely made me go, um, and want to, you know, read the, uh, you know, preceding novellas. And, uh, you know, we, we talked earlier that there is a, a, a new novel, a new novel out that mm-hmm. is uh, actually mm-hmm. before this, I'm interested to see where art and Murderbot go in the next story. Yeah, I mean, me I'm, I'm interested. This, you know, what, what, okay, what are they going to do? It seems like they're about to go off on some odyssey, and there's going to be hijinks or something like yep. that. So, I, so I'd love to see, uh, you know, where this is going to go in the novel that will follow after this chronologically. That was such an analog of 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 leaving leaving your family that you love uh, to go be with someone else you love. I I, I really adored how Murderbot was like, well, you know, I'm going to miss y'all, but really think i should just hang out with art more and they're like yeah you can always visit go go do your thing i was going to say when mensa said well you can always come back and visit and it's like oh yeah. that's so sweet yeah. it's like because you can it's like you know you know go out in the world do yeah, your thing yeah. you know you know go go hang out and continue to cuss out art regularly <laughs> <laughs> uh we got a couple of pieces of feedback here uh we want to get to chris uh, wrote on Goodreads, when I first encountered the Murderbot series, it was in print. And while reading, I kept thinking of Murderbot as female. I'd assumed because the author is female. When I decided to listen to the novellas in preparation for network effects, I was surprised the narrator was male. I can't recall if Murderbot's voice is described in the text. Can it change its vocal range depending on circumstances? Or is it set at a kind of neutral tone. Uh, there's a very long and worthwhile thread on Goodreads with people giving their various perspectives on this and what they thought when they were reading and some people being bugged by it being a male narrator and some people not and all the various discussions. Go check that out. Uh, but I thought, I thought it was really interesting that I never actually thought about it. I never thought about it while listening to the audiobook uh, because, you know, the 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 narrator being male is doing female voices constantly. And so I stopped thinking of the narrator as the actual voice. And I, I guess I just, I just never thought of Murderbot one way or the other. Um, I actually didn't think of it that way uh, either. Uh, as a, as a matter of fact, I didn't read anything. I read no reviews. I didn't know mm-hmm. anything about this series before I started reading it. And I don't know, I was probably a good, you know, four or five chapters in I'm thinking, I have no idea. Is the murder bot, you know, is it, does it look like a human? I mean, it's, they're talking about as, you know, as human, it's got guns and lasers in his arms and stuff like that. So right, you know, right. what does it look like? I can't tell. Is this like a, you know, is it male Terminator or is it female Terminator? And it never really tells you. It's just a, it's got organic parts 
and it's just murder bot. You, you, you never really know. And honestly, you don't really need to know because that, you know, it's not built on its gender. It's just built on its personality. And it could either be, it's got, you know, male personality traits. It's got female personality traits. Mm-hmm. It's neutral for the most part. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's really interesting the way that, uh, Martha Wells writes this because it's not, you know, you, you don't have to pick or choose and, you know, having a male narrate it didn't, you know, didn't make me think that it was a male. Okay. I, I honestly, I didn't know. And it was probably, you know, a good three chapters in before I even started to think about, is it one thing or is it the other? Cause it really mm-hmm. didn't make any difference to the story. Yeah. I, I, and I think that's, I, and of course, maybe that's just because of the way my brain works, but I think that's the answer is that this, the sec unit doesn't have a label. Because sec unit isn't a human. It has human parts, but it's not human. It's entirely different. It's sec unit is sec unit. Like, I, I, yeah, uh, I found that fascinating. Uh, also, the narrator is great. Uh, I know some people are like, well, but I don't think of sec unit as having a male voice. So I didn't like having a male narrator. But if you can get past that, Kevin R. Free uh, is really good at narrating these stories. Uh, we got a a post on Goodreads about this. Uh, and you know what? I forgot to put the person's name here. So let me click through here real quick. Lisa. Uh, Lisa said this. Kevin Arfrey is so good at narrating these stories. I can even tell when Murderbot is saying something parenthetically. My husband, my husband and I both laugh out loud a lot. Uh, she has an example of early on in the book uh, when uh, Sec Unit is protecting Amina from the the boyfriend. Right. Uh, and uh, is standing in the middle of the room and sec unit writes, he screamed. Yes, it was hilarious. <laughs> so as I'm reading uh, and going through this in this particular part, and I'm like, do the humans that are around Murderbot know how close to having a fist punched right through your skull <laughs> you, you are at any given time? It's like it's, it, it commonly refers to people it does not know as target and yeah. threat. <laughs> So it's uh, it's like you are really close to this thing unloading an arsenal on you. Yeah. Potential target, target, threat. <laughs> <laughs> That's who you are to secute it until you get close enough that it will call you by name. But that's. Yeah, that's the way it goes. Uh, any other thoughts on uh, network effect before we wrap up here? No, it was, as, as I said, uh, as someone who is, you know, relatively new um to you know science fiction and fantasy reading um this was a you know a good book to kind of start my journey um it did what you intended for it to do it made me interested enough that i want to go back and read more and you know and, and not even just you know martha wells books it's like there's other books that are out there yeah, that yeah. i you know, i might want to go out and check out now um uh, whereas you know for my first 47 years this is not something that i did regularly well, it was a gamble that that paid off. Uh, it's the first book that I have picked since Veronica went off on maternity leave. Uh, and it was something where I, I had this and a couple others on, on my possible list. And one of them was an older book. And I was like, no, we need, we need something modern to, to make sure that it's current because older books can, can be great, but sometimes you have to get past the age, you know, the time in which they were published. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I didn't want that to be a barrier. And I was like, murder bots and it like, I don't know. It seems like this ought to work. And I'm so glad spaceships, contracts. (laughs) (laughs) What's not to love. Right. (laughs) Uh, if you want more Rob Dunwood folks, uh, go check out the SMR podcast, tell folks uh, about what they'll find there, Rob. 
So SMR Podcast is a group of a couple of buddies of mine. We're all um, in IT and we talk about tech like three buddies that are, you know, go back years would talk about football or sports or uh, basketball games, that kind of stuff. So it's a, you know, it's, it's a fun job. We're about to uh, record episode 500 literally in minutes after we get done here. Congratulations on that. That's amazing. Appreciate that. Go check it out, folks, smrpodcast.com. Uh, don't forget, our show is currently entirely funded by our patrons. Thanks to everybody who backs our show. If you would like to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. Find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Give us a review on the Apple Podcasts app or any podcast app that takes reviews. That helps other people find the show. Feedback at swordandlaser.com is our email address. Swordandlaser.com is our website. We're on Instagram and Twitter at swordandlaser. And of course, we have a big old group of people talking in our discord and over on goodreads.com veronica's back next time we'll talk to you then this podcast is part of the frog pants studios network for more information about this and other shows visit frogpants.com Audio program so good, it's like you're there!